1: Learn more at Marines.com The All-Electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range and Toolmart, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
2: Yes, hello everyone. How are you handling it? The heat I'm talking about. Welcome to Sports Day WA. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and also Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Like to get you involved uh, on the temper of bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Now, the AFL draft for another year has come and gone. We had two days of the draft Monday and Tuesday, and then we had the rookie draft yesterday. And Thursday, we now reflect on it. And there's not a lot to reflect on. Everybody's had their say. For more reports, Harley Reid lands in Perth tomorrow and no doubt will be put out to the media. And the big thing will be, when will he conduct his first training session? It could be as early as Monday of next week. And of course uh, for the good oil for Cobram Estate premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. In relation to probably the big story today is I'm looking forward to the Australian Open when it comes to golf. We've got Cam Smith here. Uh, the likes of also Adam Scott who hasn't won a tournament in four years. And, of course, the Australian Open Golf Championship is being played up in Queensland. That's where Adam Scott comes from. And, as we know, that's where Cam Smith originates from. What's interesting with Cam Smith, because he spoke today, is that because he's part of the Live Golf Tour, he hasn't got a ranking at the moment. So he is potentially being ruled out of taking part in the Olympic Games when it comes to golf because potentially he could miss the Olympics due to being outside the top 60 and this is what he had to say regarding that.
0: I, I don't know I mean I know the criteria I don't know if that can change um, but uh, you know I've got these couple of events here and uh, probably you know four more looks again in the majors so hopefully you can keep that ranking up and um, You know, wear the coat of arms on the chest again. It's pretty special.
2: Yeah, it would be very special for Cam Smith. He's the favourite going into uh, the golf this weekend, and we wish him the best of luck. Uh, The good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin oil, and, of course, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. What have we got on the program today? It's a bit of a different program. Um, Remember Mike Ball, the WAFL AFL umpire. Just an outstanding umpire he was. He lost his battle, his long battle with dementia at the age of 66. And for more than two decades, uh, he was a leading umpire in the WAFL, the VFL and the AFL. And he was at the forefront during the greatest period of change in the game when he became the first non-Victorian appointed to the VFL umpiring panel in 1987 at the start of the transition to a national competition. Now he began his journey in the WAFL in 1976 at the age of 20, officiating as a field umpire at Bassendine Oval back in 1976. He was quickly identified for his proficiency and respect from players umpiring league officials and everybody that was involved in the game over the next decade. In 1983, he umpired the Waffle Grand Final, the first of four that he was in charge of. Uh, His last match as an umpire was in 1992, finishing on 301 games and becoming only the second umpire after Ray Montgomery to reach the 300-game milestone. You're probably asking, why am I talking about Mike Ball, who a couple of years ago, as you mentioned, left us at the age of 66. His son, Jamie, is doing something very special. And it's in five days' time. He's going to join me on the program. We're going to reflect on his dad, and we're going to reflect on the last days of dad's life, and we're going to find out exactly what Jamie is doing. Uh, Mike Ball had three children. Two girls and a boy, Jamie. He's the middle child. And he'll tell us later on what he's proposing to do. So I'm looking forward to that. I'll also be speaking to Simon Orchard, one of the great Australian hockey players, played with the Kookaburras with Distinction, a couple of gold medals at Commonwealth Games, a bronze medal at the 2012 London Olympics, a very celebrated hockey player and is involved in hockey to a certain degree now from a media perspective because uh, this weekend is the finals, the finals of the Hockey One uh, League. And from the Perth Wildsticks point, Perth Thundersticks point of view, uh, we've only got the women that are partaking. Our men didn't make it to the semis, but on Saturday the Perth Thundersticks women take on the Brisbane Blaze uh, in a semifinal. So we'll talk about hockey. We'll talk about Simon's career. That's all coming up a bit later on. So stay with us. Uh, it's going to be certainly a show with a difference. We've got a couple of very good personalities joining us. And I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, Jamie Ball about uh, how he's going to honour his dad in what's going to be quite an interesting uh, period for him. And uh, as I said, it all starts in five days' time. I'll tell you more about it when I speak to Jamie later in the program. We've also got the top seven stories of the week, and that's coming up next here on Sports Day WA.
1: The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't change
2: the Change Yes, with Peter Vlahos here for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Center, serving WA for over 45 years. And of course, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. And as we know, the Wildcats next match is on December the 1st. I think they'll take on the Sydney Kings. So we wish them the best of luck. Okay, uh, let's now rip in to the uh, top seven stories of the week. It's all thanks to Kia's epic range, the Kia Sportage Celtos, and EV6 GT.
3: Number seven. We've been around the
1: world now. We've been
3: everywhere Think of a place I've probably been there. My life would have been a total failure if I hadn't seen Western Australia.
2: Yes, uh, Chris Martin and Coldplay huge last weekend. Saturday and Sunday night, uh, singing about really an unmissable moment there, Coldplay reflecting on Western Australia. And, of course, he mentioned also the likes of Justin Langer, Dennis Lilly, uh, just to mention a couple that uh, he brought up in song. Of course, uh, a huge cricket fan and formed a great bond with Shane Warne, the late Shane Warne, and, of course, sang a, a tune about Shane Warne in Sunday night's program.
1: Number six. Leclerc is going to take second place, but here in Vegas, what? Verstappen's
3: in Vegas, stays in Vegas, Max Verstappen wins the Las
1: Vegas Grand Prix. I oh, was standing in Vegas. I always expected it to be a good race today, it's just like I said before, long straights, low speed corners, you don't lose a lot of downforce, so that has never been, you know, my issue. Um, But yeah, today was fun. That's the only thing I want to say about it. I think today was fun. I hope everyone enjoyed it.
2: Yes, the very first uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix. He was a bit critical early on that his pre-match or pre-race Max Verstappen, but he was certainly uh, in a different mood uh, when he, of course, was first past the chequered flag. Uh, $760 million event there in Sin uh, City. Uh, of course, Formula One driver Daniel Ricciardo, our very own, was also part of the event.
0: Number five.
2: On February 4th, they're actually going to retire another jersey of the Perth Wildcats, number 53, if you know who uh, who reti- uh, wore that jersey a few years ago. Uh, Damian
3: <laughs> Martin, congratulations. You're going to have your
2: jersey retired. Uh,
3: it's been an honor to be your teammate.
1: I'm actually tearing up a little bit. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I'm blown away. I'm actually really emotional. Uh, the club means so much to me. Um yeah, I had no idea. I was excited because you walked into the studio, so it was just a nice surprise. Look, look at the, some of the best years of my life were out on that court, playing for that team alongside guys like yourself. So I'm speechless. I'm, I'm completely shocked. I had no idea this was coming and overwhelmed.
2: Yeah, good on you. Well done, uh, our very own Damian Martin, the six-time NBL championship winner. Retired at the end of the 2019-20 season after representing the Wildcats for 310 games, which is the sixth most in the club's history. And as you just heard, uh, Sean Redditch came in and uh, made the announcement here on the SEN program, The Run Home. He's jersey number 53 to be retired along the the greats of Ricky Grace, number 15, Andrew Vlahov 21, James Crawford seven, Scott Fisher 30, Mike Ellis six, Sean Redditch 42, and Scott Fenton 14. As we know, he was tragically killed in a car accident in 1989 while playing for the Wildcats. Congratulations, Damien Martin.
0: Number four.
1: A corner delivered by Craig Goodwin. Let's see if history's about to repeat. Goodwin's delivery it has been repeated extraordinary good win to sotar same results one 0 australia
3: what i predicted and thought you know that uh you know, palestine uh we're going to come out that type of energy that type of work rate and fight and you've got to give full uh credit to palestine probably we didn't play our best but uh most important thing was the three points i think we obviously we can do better but again i'm very proud of the boys after everything uh, off the field that we've gone through, you know, getting this game planned late, you know, everything late. And uh, the fact that we've got it done, it's the main thing.
2: Graham Arnold always is horse after every Soccer Is match, uh, the coach of the Australian national uh, football team. And they beat Palestine by one goal to nil. And uh, it was just extraordinary, the fact that Palestine were there fielding, a football team in that World Cup qualifier. It was played in Kuwait City and uh, they uh, certainly put on uh, a very, very good performance. The Palestinians only going down to the Socceroos by one goal to nil, taking into consideration what's happening, of course, in their backyard.
0: Number three.
2: Very, very special. Uh, one of the best seasons I've had in my life, no doubt. Uh, to crown it with... Uh, Win against, uh, you know, hometown hero, obviously, Yannick, who has played uh, amazing tennis this week, is is phenomenal. Novak Djokovic uh, winning the ATP finals. And as we know, uh, he just continues to win in his mid-30s now, and he's uh, still unstoppable. And as we know, the men's professional tour is now completed for the year. And we will see Novak Djokovic just after Christmas when he comes down to Perth to represent Serbia in the United Cup, the start of his preparation for another tilt and another Grand Slam title with the Australian Open in 2024 at Melbourne Park.
3: Number two.
0: Yeah, I'm just super stoked. Um, A lot of relief and, yeah, it's just the privilege to have um, Nick Nat present me with the jumper. was just huge and, yeah, super grateful.
3: Well, let's have a look at that jumper
0: yeah. because I think it's going to suit you. Those yeah, colors. we reckon. It can suit me. <laughs> I reckon all right. What's on the back of it? What number there? Yeah, there's something special too. Yeah, I can yeah. see that working, Harley, and the number nine. Now, come on, let us know. When did the Eagles let you know that you would be going over West? Um. Oh, currently just then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was so kind of just a yeah, it was a surprise. So yeah, um, yeah, it was just it was pretty cool. Yes, there you go.
2: Harley Reid, just huge news. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, he's due to lob in Perth tomorrow and could be training as early as Monday with uh, his AFL team, the West Coast Eagles.
0: Number one. Two for victory for Australia. Glad Maxwell to see his first ball. Siraj bowls to him, Maxwell clobbers the ball out to square leg, a dive on the boundary to save it.
1: They'll come back for a second, and Australia has won the World Cup. A sixth championship victory, and surely none greater than this.
0: In the most partisan, intimidating environment that this
1: tournament has ever seen, Australia has quashed all of India in one night.
2: Yes, yeah, a big moment called by SEN's Jared Waitley. Uh, last Sunday, we were crowned the World Cup cricket champions in the ODI format, the sixth time we have taken the World Cup. And as Jared uh, pointed out, it was in India. India had won every game leading into the final and were favourites to go through the tournament undefeated. Uh, Pat Cummings made the bold decision of winning the toss and sending India into bat. And as we know, the rest is history. A great performance by Australia. Now for Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, uh, just a quick sports update uh, the uh, Australian T20 team is ready to do battle. Matthew Wade spoke today on having a full squad to pick from heading into those five matches.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll have a chat with Hedy uh, today and see how he's feeling. Won't be any pressure from um, us for him to play the first one, but he'll definitely feature throughout this series. Um, you know, the T20 World Cup's not that far away, and uh, I think we've got you know 10 or 11 games before um, that all kicks off again. So whether it's um, tomorrow or throughout this series, you'll see Travis play. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pulls up today.
2: That's Travis Head, who I believe is still celebrating after that incredible knock, of course, in the final, uh, staying back in India, part of the T20 tournament. So well done to uh, Travis Head and well done to Matthew Wade. That update uh, on the cricket, thanks to Polaris. Plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 worth of free accessories. We'll speak a bit of hockey. Simon Orchard joins us next.
1: The all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to
2: Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos on this uh, pretty warm afternoon. It's all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre. They've been serving WA for over 45 years. Well, this next gentleman is an Australian field hockey player of great repute. He uh, plays for New South Wales. He was a member of the Australian hockey team for many a year. He took part in the Olympic Games. He was part of World Cups, Champions Trophies, Commonwealth Games, where he won gold in Delhi and Glasgow, uh, you know the name well, and we're going to talk hockey because he's also uh, a key figure in the Hockey One League that's currently underway here in Australia. We're talking about Simon Orchard. Simon, thanks for your time.
0: Well, it's a pleasure, Pete. i have to get you to write the intros every time I walk into a room, <laughs> mate, because that made me feel
2: pretty good. Uh, but it was a wonderful time. You were one of the high-profile uh, Australian hockey players uh, for the Kookaburras. Uh, do you miss the competitive spirit? After all, you were part of that team for a long time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess there's elements of being a, you know, a semi-professional slash professional sports person that you've always got that competitive drive and hunger to, to want to achieve. And now it's sort of disappeared from the hockey scene, and now it's just about beating my kids at, you know, beat <laughs> to be mm. honest. And I'm still making sure that they earn every uh, every win that they get. But now, look, at the end of the day, I think being around the change room, being around your friends and your mates who you spend so much time with, you You build so many wonderful bonds, you're travelling around the world, you're going through the highs and lows of, of competitive sport, but you're also riding the highs and lows of life. You know, people grow up together, you, you, you meet partners, you have kids, you go through personal triumph and tragedy and all that sort of stuff. And when it all goes away from you, there is a bit of a, a, a hole and I think a lot of sports people, both men and women, would suffer with... Um, I guess, post-career uh, blues in a way. And I was probably part of that to an extent. I've managed to fill that hole with a lot of wonderful stuff and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment. But yeah, I do I miss it? Yeah, I do. And especially when things like the JDH Hockey One League pop up, Pete, it's it's great to be around it, be involved in it, talk about it and try and spread the word about a sport that has given me so much, but also is, is sort of trying to create this, this wonderful product that we want more Aussies to get around. And I think we're on the way. We're not quite where we need to be yet, but we're seriously having a crack and it's really good to see, especially the last couple of months with Mm. so much success on the field and so many wonderful talents being unearthed as well.
2: Of course, we've got the Paris Olympic Games coming up next year and I think every time we go to the Olympic Games, we fancy that the Kookaburras or the Hockey Roos are going to deliver some sort of medal. You only go as far as a bronze at the 2012 London Olympic Games. Of course, as I mentioned in the intro, plenty of gold at the Commonwealth Games and also at the Champions Trophy, but uh, did you feel that there was ever an opportunity to grab gold with your squad at the Olympics?
0: Yeah, spot on. 2012, I reckon we had we had the thing halfway around our neck. The semi-final, we're up against Germany with about 15 or 16 minutes to go, and then all of a sudden, uh, three goals in in the final period of that match, and it was ripped away from us. Pete, Germany went on to win the gold medal, and I, I think we would have done pretty well in that final against Holland. We had a pretty good record against them also. And I think you could see the the emotion on the Germans' faces after the semi-final when It was like they'd won the gold because we'd been number one for quite a while. We were on top of the world. We'd done so well at so many international tournaments, of course, led by the great WA man in Rick Charlesworth. And we were cherry ripe, to be honest, Pete, to take out that medal. But I think this is the thing that a lot of Aussies, and I don't blame them, it's not their fault, but we go to the Olympics and you see the newspaper and you see... Gold medals penciled in for sports like hockey. It is so difficult to win a multi, um, uh, sorry, a, a, an event where it's not about being the fastest or jumping the highest or things like that. There's so many different variables in hockey. So much needs to go right. You need so much luck. The bounce of the ball has to go your way. Injuries, uh, personnel have to be fit and firing. And there's just so many different hoops that you got to jump through to get to that gold medal game, let alone win it. So for hockey to not really have a great record at Olympics in the men's side. And even when you look at the women, Pete, you have to go back to 2000, the Mm -hmm. last time that the Hockey Roos won a gold medal. They won in 96 and 88. So we still remember the Hockey Roos as the golden girls of Australian sport, but it's been more than two decades since they actually won a medal at the Olympic Games. And you couple that with the fact Australia in the men have only won once in 04. And suddenly our uh, standing as hockey heavyweights maybe is being questioned just a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what the teams can do in Paris
3: next year.
2: It's interesting, before we get on to the uh, Hockey One League, we feel very connected here in Western Australia with the hockey program because the elite program has been based at Curtin University now for many, many years. I know it was up for grabs just recently, but uh, in the end, uh, it stayed at the Commonwealth uh, or at the Curtin University campus uh, and the elite hockey program there what needs to be done within hockey in australia do you think to maybe maintain and get back to where we were as you mentioned maybe a decade or two ago
0: well i tell you what it hasn't become any easier pete i don't know what it's like over in wa i did live in wa for a decade but i've been back on the east coast for the best part of five or six years now but there's just so many sports trying to grab a piece of the pie When I left New South Wales back in, what was it, about 2007 or 8, AFL was the gimmick, to be honest. Uh, Over here, it was a sport that you only sort of played if you're a little bit unusual. But now, with the rise of obviously the GWS Giants and the Sydney Swans have become a household name in sport, AFL is just taking over. There's so many kids out there kicking a footy around. There's so many great pathways for young kids to get into the sport. And then, of course, rugby league. Well, hang on a second, we've got to start doing something in our own backyard to make our sports strong. And it's seemingly at a really popular level as well. You've got the rise of all sorts of women's sports, which is wonderful for young girls to get involved in, uh, which probably wasn't there 15 or 20 years ago as well. So all of a sudden, Pete, you've got athletes who are pretty talented, having four or five different really good options. And hockey... For whatever reason, you probably would have experienced this when you were growing up. It was a really big family sport. A lot of people mm. played hockey at school. Uh, I think it was almost a mainstay of school sport. And if your parents played, you were down at the hockey field all day. And even if it wasn't something that you did pretty seriously, most people had picked up a stick and had a go. And I'd be, I'd be really surprised if you went into schools now if a lot of kids even knew what it was. You've got, obviously, football or soccer um, still so popular and so strong. So I think we've really got to get back into the grassroots and strengthen up our pathways. I think Perth is a, is a difficult situation over there. For example, you've got such an expansive state. You've got people um, who have to basically be in Perth to be successful at hockey. And years gone by Collie, Bunbury, uh, Geraldton, they were all places where good hockey players came from. Bevan George from Narrigan, Um And I, Yeah, I'd question whether the same sort of talent is coming out of the areas at the same rate as it used to be. So uh, I don't know the answer, mate, but if you figure it out, let us know, please.
2: Well, I remember we played hockey at my high school, Mount Lawley Senior High School. Guess who was our hockey coach and our physical education instructor? One, David Hatt. So we certainly certainly (laughs) had to play hockey at that high school, let me tell you. We had a hockey stick in our hand every time we did phys ed with David Hatt. But the problem with me, I must admit, Simon, I'm a left-hander, so it took a bit of adjusting to actually play with a <laughs> hockey stick right-handed. But anyway, that was that were fun times, mate. <laughs> uh, you co-host the uh, H1 Shootout podcast. Tell us more about that.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Look, it's just a bit of light-hearted fun between myself and a bloke named Adam Clifford from Tasmania. We're trying to we're trying to shine a light on some of these wonderful athletes that we've got and, and clubs, obviously, in the Jdh Hockey One. Um, competition, which has sort of not started and stalled, but COVID really got in the way, Pete. I think the first season was 2019, and then we lost a couple of years, obviously, like the rest of the world with everything that was going on. It roared back last year, and I think this has been really good to get some momentum. So basically myself and, and Cliff, I were just trying to, as I said, share some information with people out there who who follow hockey, who are passionate about hockey, who want to know more about hockey, but also introduce you know, a bit of fun and, um, and shenanigans for people who are maybe new to the sport and can get around. So we're trying to provide an entertainment product. At the end of the day, you can jump on wherever you get your podcast and have a listen. And, you know, obviously I'm a New South Wales guy. He's from Tasmania, so there's some good inter-rivalry there. We're playing each other in the semifinals this Saturday in Canberra. So we've had a little bet about uh, the loser has to buy membership to the other club next year. <laughs> so at the end of the day, uh, if you can listen for 40, 40 or 50 minutes and, and take a few things away about the sport, about some of the wonderful players, both men and women, that are in the league, and that's all we ask.
2: All right, let's have a look at this weekend because it's a beauty. Uh, it's the big one. Uh, the finals happen in the JDH Hockey One League. As far as we're concerned, the Perth Thundersticks are only alive in the women's. Uh, they take on the Brisbane Blaze in one of the semi-finals. Take us through what we're likely to experience uh, come this weekend at the National Hockey Centre in Canberra.
0: Yeah, I reckon you're going to see a record crowd for the JDH Hockey One League. Canberra actually broke it maybe a month ago now. They had the most fans ever to a game and they were tickled pink and so they should have been. And I'll tell you what, it's a real shot in the arm for the league to get a Canberra side in, uh, in the nation's capital, obviously playing in the final. So the Canberra women will take on the New South Wales women. Canberra actually dusted us up 5-2. Uh, in the rounds, and they played probably the arguably the best game of their season. So that's going to be a humdinger of a contest. But for Perth people, if you're looking at the result sheet, you might see that Brisbane got the better of you guys in the in the ladies' comp quite convincingly only six days ago. That's not going to happen this week. I don't really know what happened to Perth. There were a couple of key players down. Rach Frusher, one of the leadership group, Carrie Somerville, who's a hockey-roo and a proud hockey-roo at the Aden Olympian in Tokyo, both didn't play. So they'll come back into the squad. You've got Penny Squibb at the back. You've got Lizzie Duguid in goals. You've got a real rising star in Jessie Reid, who is the daughter of Sharon Buchanan, who actually won gold in the 88 Olympics. Oh, and that's right. your back four or five. So there's, mm. some, there's some serious talent, Pete, for that WA, uh, for that Perth back line, I should say. And they've been quite aggressive. Phil Holbert, as the coach, has, um, has tried to create a game plan that suits their style. So they're hard-nosed at the back, and they're quite creative and fluent at the front. And I reckon... Uh, Both women's games in particular are basically pick'ems. Whichever team gets a little bit of luck, the ball maybe bounces their way and uh, maybe a little bit of individual brilliance from someone will see them progress to the final. But they're going to be two really good contests in the ladies' side of the draw. Uh,
2: So are you throwing the dart at the dartboard? Are you predicting who's going to take (laughs) it out in the end on the women's and men's
0: side? Yeah, look, the women, I can't go past New South Wales defending champions. And I just think uh, overall depth... They probably have the most of the four teams left. As for the men, look, there's no secret that New South Wales are the best side. If we had a market up, they'd probably be a dollar thirty to take the whole thing out. They won last year, undefeated all the way through. Uh, they won the first edition of the JDH hockey one league. So they're going for three in a row. And again, they've got players like Tom Craig, Tim Branflin, and Ogilvy, Dylan Martin. The list goes on. These guys are Australian uh, quality and even internationally, some of the best players to pick up a hockey stick. So they're going to be running around against Tassie in the men's side of the draw, and then Brisbane Tackle Hockey Club, Melbourne. But I, honestly, and I know people will, ch- will will throw fruit at me if this for this uh, if they saw me New South Wales, I think. We'll win both comps, and I'll be a happy man come Sunday afternoon.
2: Good on you, Simon Orchard. Uh, Let's hope there's an upset uh, from our point of view. Don't (laughs) get so cocky. Uh, New South Wales will take out both. Let's hope the Thundersticks cause a bit of a boil over in the women's. Thanks for your time, mate. Lovely to have a chat, and uh, we'll keep in touch.
0: I really appreciate it, mate. Simon
2: Orchard joining us, uh, part of the Kookaburras uh, in years gone by an outstanding hockey player for Australia. And of course, the Jdh Hockey One League finals. Uh, looking out for those, you can catch every final live and free on Seven Plus this weekend. By the way, uh, the women's semi-final: Thundersticks taking on the Brisbane Blaze, eight o'clock our time. It's eleven o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight uh, Savings Time. So Saturday, eight a.m. Brisbane Blaze. Versus Perth Thundersticks. We'll take a break. We'll come back with a very special guest after the break. Remember AFL and WAFL umpire Mike Ball, who lost his battle with dementia at the age of only 66. Well, one of his children is doing something very special. We'll speak to Jamie Ball after the break here on Sports Day WA.
1: The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range, and Toolman, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
2: Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos, wherever you may be listening around this state of ours. By the way, as I mentioned, speaking to Simon Orchard, uh, the former great Australian hockey player, the JDH Hockey One League finals, as I mentioned, are on this weekend, and you can catch every final live and free on 7+. Plus. Well, there's a gentleman that I've been in the media a long time, and I've called a lot of footy over the years, and there's a gentleman that I got to know fairly well Uh, when he was officiating in firstly the WAFL and, of course, he then umpired in the AFL. Mike Ball actually began his journey in the WAFL back in 1976 at the age of 20, officiating as a field umpire at Bassendine Oval. And, of course, he quickly identified and was identified as an outstanding umpire. And, of course, in 1983... He umpired the Waffle Grand Final, the first of four. And as we know, over time, 235 Waffle regular season games. He umpired 25 VFL. He also umpired 19 AFL matches, 13 WAFL finals. Was just an outstanding official. And Mike's son, Jamie, is doing something to increase the awareness of dementia And also at the same time, try and raise some funds for what is turning out to be uh, a crippling disease and affecting so many families. Jamie joins us on the program now. Jamie, thanks for your time. Thank you, Peter. Tell us about your dad. As I said, uh, he left us uh, a few years ago at the age of 66 after a long battle with dementia. Do you know when he was first diagnosed with the disease?
3: Um I guess around the time he was fifty eight he was sort of had some uh symptoms and issues and it was sort of originally diagnosed as uh a bit of uh anxiety and also depression and then uh probably three years later um when it was progressing further that uh we we did get uh that three or four years later the diagnosis of that he had uh, uh dementia um, and sort of told Louis bodies and, and since now sort of realised it's, yeah, the, the younger onset dementia.
2: Mm. It's interesting now that there is the Mike Ball Legacy Fund to provide financial grants for families and from the 28th of November through to the 11th of December, you're going to undertake uh, what is considered a real challenge. Uh, you're going to be reportedly running around about 50 Ks a day, starting in Albany. Tell us about what you're trying to do.
3: I guess uh, it all came about um, after Dad's uh, passing and, I guess, looking at my own health and well-being and, and trying to get uh, fitness and, and changing diet and, and all that type of stuff to ensure that uh, I can stick around as long as possible for my girls. And uh, I, I competed in the um, the Bustleton 100 and... And that was sort of in honour of him and, and sort of completed that. But uh, fulfilling, but at the same time, I, I felt there was something else a bit missing from from that. And so um, I guess around Christmas last year, I sat down with the family and said, look, I'd, I'd like to try and do something to raise some, some money so families can sort of get that support and, and offer a support from people in the industry and, I guess, dementia care specialists Uh, to to help them through the journey of what is to be expected, what they can do to try and help, because we never really had that till probably the last 12 months. And to be perfectly honest, when we did get it, it was such a fantastic thing to have that person to really support the family and, and more importantly, support mum and and, and help her through, I guess, that process of all the... the, uh, documentation and, and all the rigmarole of what has to happen in regards to going into care and the standards of care and the expectations and so forth. So what we want to try and do is like do something and help these people and, and have one less thing to worry about that we can provide grants for these people to get those uh, dementia care specialists to, to help them through a the, uh, very difficult journey.
2: And how's your mum handling it all?
3: Yeah, mum's going really well. Um, I guess uh, for her at the at the time, and she's open about it, it was um, dad, mum called for a bit of support and help to, to help because it was pretty tough for her and thought he would go into hospital for a couple of days and, and then would sort of come back out. But unfortunately, um, he went into hospital and um, he, he never came out. So... For mum, it was, yeah, pretty tough and to try and go through all that. And mm. um, I guess seeing the person that you love and being married to for a very long time sort of change and not be the same person as, yeah. that they were.
2: So. Yeah, as I said, I've seen it firsthand with my father. And I gather, you know, your mum would have been the full-time carer for a while until it got just basically almost impossible. And what about your other siblings, uh, Casey and Kendall and, and yourself? You, you just saw... Your dad changed in front of your eyes, didn't it? It's uh, it's a terrible terrible thing to witness.
3: It is. Um, Casey actually got, I think, married in the November, and Dad walked her down the aisle and 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 did a, a did a speech, and less than two months later, he was in uh, Fremantle Hospital with care and and um, almost uh, unrecognisable as a as a person. So that's how quickly. Things can change and along the way you, you do, it's almost like you are mourning the death of your loved one because each progression into a, another um, phase of the dementia is, is almost yeah that mourning of, of their passing, even well, though they're still alive. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's
2: so cruel. Uh, Jamie, tell us about your run. Uh, we want people to get behind Jamie's run and you can visit Daily Grind. For dementia, I'll, org. I'll go through that uh, website in uh, just a moment, give you all the details, but tell us about what you're about to undertake from the 28th of November, which is only, what, uh, five days away. You'll be starting in Albany, heading to Port Coogee, uh, raising money for the Mike Ball Legacy Fund. Uh, tell us about what you'd like uh, the community to do in relation to getting behind
3: you. Yeah, thanks, Peter. um I guess... The, the dates uh, of significance, because the 28th of November was uh, Dad's birthday, and was the, the day Dad actually went on to the morphine pump um, in his final weeks, and we're told he, he probably wouldn't last more than two two days. Um, being the strong-willed character and very strong heart man, he he lasted 14 days. So. Uh, running through to the 11th of December, the day of his uh, passing, which he did pass away in Port Coogee at the uh, aged care facility there. Um, and I guess the the track and, and the, the, where I'm running, it sort of signif- signifies Dad's uh, time in umpiring. When he first started, he, he loved the country and he used to go down and, and umpire in the country football leagues um, and then sort of moving through and, and coming back up via the South West Highway because when he he worked at uh, Norbar Talk Tools, he was always travelling up and down that road, selling tools and through that. So it sort of signifies there and, and finishing off at his at his passing. And I guess what we're sort of just getting out there is, is the awareness of the younger onset, that there's a lot of people that are getting dementia at a, an earlier age. And if, if there are people out there that can help... Uh, Support, um, even just changing some things for that, that two weeks of just doing something a little bit different, which might not be uh, ideal, but you just got to keep doing it because that's what the families have to do with dealing with the, their loved ones with dementia. You just have to keep turning up and, and doing uh, what you need to do. There's going to be good days and there's going to be hard days that you just go through. So, mm. yeah, any support that we can get would be fantastic.
2: Okay, people listening in, how can they support you? Uh, how can they jump on almost uh, straight away?
3: Yeah, as I say, there's the uh the, the website that we have is uh, the daily uh grind for dementia with the, the letter four. Um if you're going through there. Um you can also do searches on Facebook and Instagram. We've got pages on there. Um we do have a set up that uh people can go through and and make a donation um on there and, and going through and, and making a donation. Otherwise if they wanted to, on the uh the eleventh of December at about uh Four forty-five on the on that day, uh, we're going to be leaving from Coogee Surf Club, running the last two K's, um, inviting anyone that would like to come down and celebrate Dad's life and 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 this uh, this cause that we're doing to finish in Port Coogee at about quarter past five. So
2: that's fantastic. So it's Daily Grind with the number four Dementia.org. Daily Grind number four Dementia Got all one word. So make sure you get behind Jamie's run.
3: Have you trained for it? I've been training uh, non-stop and yeah, dealing in between having uh, young kids and work <laughs> and everything, just tr- try and do what we can uh, do but uh, yeah, as I say, there's no there's no time restrictions on how long each day is going to be, like we're just going to get going and if we have to stop for a bit, we'll stop and yeah it's just about getting through that day and, and completing the task. And no doubt you'll have a support crew yeah we've got uh so family and friends so mum's on the lead uh, driver in one of the cars and yeah got some uh my sisters coming down and also yeah some some good friends that are coming down to help out and and support uh along the way
2: Ah, fantastic. Uh, Good luck with it, Jamie. Uh, I know there's a few people that are supporting you. Is there any individuals you'd like to highlight? I actually got uh, aware of this through uh, a family member who works for the Global Travel Network, who I believe are are supporting you as well. Is there some people you'd like to acknowledge?
3: There's many people, and it's been fantastic, the support that we've had. Um, Like, uh, we've had an apparel sponsor come on and and support everything in regards to all the... uh, Uh, Apparel with Mecca Sports, ECHO's Cultural uh, Heritage uh, Management, they've come on as a a premier sponsor. Pleco Department uh, Communities uh, have come on board as well and the uh, actual Umpire Association have come on as well as a premier sponsor. We've got heaps of uh, daily sponsors that have come on um, to help support us and and a lot of people have come on and donated um, accommodation as well, which we've sort of recognised on our social media pages and also on our website. It's just the outpouring of support has been fantastic and uh, really overwhelming. Yeah, that's brilliant. And that's
2: hope a lot of the uh, people involved in the football community get behind you as well. Good luck with it, Jamie. I hope it goes well. I'm sure it will. It'll be uh, an emotive time for you as you reflect on your late father. And, of course, as we mentioned, uh, you're looking to provide financial grants for families as well uh, in relation to dementia. Good luck with it, mate. Uh, We wish you all the best and we'll endeavour to keep in touch as you go along the road uh, towards uh, December the 11th there in Port Coogee. All the best. Thank you. Jamie Ball joining us here on Sports Day WA. Get behind it. If you can donate, it'll be terrific. Uh, Daily Grind for the number 4 dementia.com. Org. All right. Just before I go, here's a quick community update. Thanks to Fire Code, as we know uh, in the northern suburbs, it's uh, very scary at the moment. But you need to be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit uh, defs.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to the new Fire Code first paint proven to protect property in high risk fire conditions and it's available at Bunnings Warehouse. That's the program for today. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. They've been serving WA for over 45 years. And uh, I'll be back again at 5 o'clock on Monday. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Stay cool if you can. This has been Sports Day WA. And thanks to Paul Heath, the producer, and also Connor, the panel operator. Have a great weekend, everyone. Cheers.